It's good to be with you again. Um, we've learned in our first session that the mission of God began in the Genesis and uh, uh, when, when uh, Abraham uh, was given the, the, the covenant uh, to, to, to God was going to bless him, that he would uh, bless his uh, descendants and that he would bless the nations of the world through them and that it, that it was uh, this blessing that would be a blessing to many, many others um, is something that we are impacted by as children of Abraham by faith who also receive those same promises that Abraham received. But then we saw in the New Testament that uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, Acts, they all talk about the idea uh, of, of the gospel, uh, but different aspects of the gospel, some relating to proclamation, some relating to simply uh, loving people unconditionally, uh, uh, being willing to, um, to be the incarnation of the gospel, as well as proclaiming the gospel that our lives as well as our words must be in agreement with each other. Now we're coming to the third session on a Trinitarian framework for mission. And uh, the idea here is that God himself, the very person of God, um, has character, uh, but he also has a way of doing things. Uh, and, and that is the, the way is the father is the sender, uh, the son, um, is, is the embodiment and the spirit is the empowerment of, 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 his, of his work and the church is the uh, avenue in which he, the spirit works. And, and as, as we understand the person of God and the way God works, uh, we should also understand some things about how we should approach the mission of God. And therefore, that's what this session is, the tr a Trinitarian framework uh, for missions. It tells us the truth about God and about us. God is great and we are not. Um, you know, the, the idea is that God doesn't uh, sit and think, how in the world can I figure out how to reach people for Christ? He knows. And we have this incredible privilege of being a part of what He is doing in the world. God helps us avoid passionless monadic concept of God as the man upstairs. Um, he wants a relationship with us and this is an incredible privilege for us. It helps us understand what the Puritans meant when they said God is within himself a sweet society. And, and we're going to look at just how God works among himself um, now. It says in Genesis uh, that God created man in his, he said, let us create man in our image. And in the image of God, uh, he created them. And, and the idea is, is that God is on a mission. He has a purpose. And he had a purpose when he created the world. He had a purpose when he created us. And we have incredible privilege to be a part of his purpose. Now, first of all, I want us to look at God the Father, the source, initiator, and goal of the Missio Dei. The, the missionaries didn't bring God to Africa, as, as one man said, John and B.T. It was God who brought the missionaries to Africa. You see, God, God is everywhere. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He, he's, he, he, he doesn't uh, 
He doesn't have to ask or wait or depend on us to get him to some place. He's there. And then he calls us, just as he called Paul uh, to Macedonia. Uh, he calls us to go and serve. And, and many of you, uh, all of you, I would say, are, are headed in, in that direction. It unhinges the gospel from mere human agency. You see, the idea of mission in the 1800s became much more anthropomorphic. That, that means that it was more about what men could do to accomplish the work of the gospel. But if you look at prior to the 1800s, uh, the idea of mission was much more uh, theocentric. Uh, and, and it was the idea that God is on a mission. He has a purpose and he is going to accomplish that purpose. And we have this privilege to be a part of that. Missions is what God does through us, not what we can do on our own. It's so important to understand that, to avoid burnout, to avoid uh, uh, getting ahead of, of, of God, if, if, if you can imagine, uh, thinking that somehow you have the plan uh, when in fact God has got something else in mind and we need to be flexible and be willing to get in step with Him. Uh, so the Father is the sender of missions. Um, God the Father is the sender of missions. Uh, Romans 8 uh, verse 3 says, For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sin nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in sinful man. So at just the right time, God sent his son to accomplish what he wanted to accomplish in terms of meeting our needs. And, and, and that is a, an incredible blessing. Missions, uh, history as the stage for God's, uh, fa the Father's actions. Um, uh, that's why any study of mission has to have a portion on history, which you're going to get next. Uh, but it's the idea is that God has been working and he has been moving. And he will continue to move. Now, you may think that he's, 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 he's not moving in, in certain areas. And, and certainly there are parts of the world where he has moved and is moving in new and different ways. Uh, but history tells the story of what God's actions have been. Missions as an expression of God's relational holy love. You know, unlike any other religion, Islam, Hinduism, uh, Buddhism, um, any other religion, Christianity is about relationship, uh, that God wants a relationship with us. He wants to express his love and he wants us to respond to that love. And, and, and this is a wonderful thing because when you, when, you, when you work with people and you try to motivate them to, uh, to, to want to serve God, um, it, it is understanding what God has done for them and this relationship that he wants to have with them that, that should be our motivation. How could we be quiet? How could we not share this message, understanding what God has done uh, for us? Uh, so this mission is an expression of God's uh, relational love. Now in Galatians 4, 5, uh, 4, 4 and 5, it says, But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, 
to redeem those under law that we might receive the full rights of sons. You know, that is as Abraham's children, we receive the promises that God gave. The, the, the covenant becomes our covenant and we become children of Abraham by faith, which is the only way anyone can, can reach that. God the Father is the sender of mission. There is no relationship with God apart from holiness. Um, the way that you live your life is an expression of who you think God is in terms of un your understanding of his holiness. And therefore, you must be holy. We must be holy as, because he is, he is holy. And our obedience is our expression of appreciation for God's blessing. Um, when, we, when we say we want to obey him, we want to follow him, and we want to, to do what he has called us to do, um, we, what we're saying is that uh, we want to, to glorify him, and obedience is the best way to glorify and, and, and honor him. Our lives must reflect the message that we proclaim. Uh, this is called congruence, and, and when our, our, what we proclaim and the way we live are not uh, the, the, the same, our message uh, is weakened. And I can tell you that uh, people will always, always go with the way you live your life uh, as, 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 as your clearest message uh, than what you say. And so those two must back each other up. Now, uh, the sun. The sun is the embodiment of the Missio Dei. Uh, the sun is the, is the very presence, the, the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament and, and the Lord Jesus in the New Testament, uh, God the Son. Islam, Muhammad can only be the messenger of Allah. Angel Gabriel approached Muhammad because Allah could not come down from his throne. But Christ came down in obedience to his father and, uh, and took on uh, human flesh. Missionaries are both bearers of a message and the embodiments of that message. In Philippians 2, uh, 6 to 11, it says, uh, Christ, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so as he gave us this example, this is what he embodies, a servant's heart, a willingness to put himself aside and, 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 and make himself nothing so that others might benefit. And that is the example that we have. And, and therefore, um, you know, that's what we must follow. Uh, God spoke in the common language of, of the streets. Uh, when Christ came, he spoke in, in uh, Aramaic, but his scriptures are written in Greek. And people all over the world understand it, and it can be translated into other languages as well, and not lose any of its strength or power. That is an amazing miracle 
of, 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 of God's word. Christianity is the only world religion whose primary source documents are in a language other than the language uh, of the founder. You know, some parts of the Old Testament are written in Aramaic, but mostly in Hebrew, and then in um, the New Testament is in Greek, although Christ uh, spoke Aramaic. God the Son is the embodiment of, of the Missio Dei, uh, Ephesians moment, Ephesians 2.14, the coming together of a diverse cultures into a new identity in Jesus Christ. Um, this is an amazing thing in that, um, let's just look at Ephesians 2.14. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier and dividing wall of hostility. Now this is between Jews and Gentiles. And, and, and as we saw in, in, in the New Testament section, that this is a real wall. It was a wall that was put up to keep the Gentiles and the Jews from, from mixing. And, and when Christ rose, um, he tore down that wall. And, and basically now we, we worship in spirit and in truth because the Holy Spirit is living within us. So God the Son embodies his he embodies God's plan uh, for the Gentiles in Acts 10, uh, which gave Peter new insight into the gospel. Um, when he understood that the gospel was not just for Jews, but it was for Gentiles as well, and Cornelius was, was someone that he could um, call brother and fellowship with, have koinonia with, it was just a, um, it was an amazing thing. Incarnation and holistic mission is that sometimes before you can share the gospel, you've got to be able to get your hands dirty and be willing to come alongside people in a holistic way. And that holistic uh, uh, effort enables you to be able to share the message of Christ. Uh, that's why we have a ministry uh, called, called Global Aid Network, uh, the humanitarian arm of, of, of crew. And, and there are times when before you can really get to the gospel message, you've got to be the hands and feet that reach out and love people and care for them at their point of need. Only together can we manifest the fullness of Christ to a lost world. So it's not just us on our own, but it's us a part of the body of Christ, being drawn together by a commonality of identity, which is in Jesus Christ. So the Father is the sender of missions, He is the initiator, and He is the goal. The Son is the embodiment, but the Holy Spirit is the empowering presence of the Missio Dei. The Holy Spirit is the, is the one who dwells and lives within us. And uh, we often emphasize the individual aspect of regeneration of the individual, which the Holy Spirit does, and the sanctification of the individual, which also the Holy Spirit does, but the Holy Spirit also empowers the whole body of Christ to be what God wants the body to be. And when Christ comes, He's coming for His bride. And when, when the new creation comes and, and, and God, uh, His search 
which has been going on for people who will worship him in spirit and in truth and him drawing those people to himself from every tongue and every nation and every people all over the world and in, in our neighborhood. Um, we have the incredible privilege of seeing the fulfillment of Acts 1.8. The Holy Spirit is, uh, empowers the church uh, to witness. Um, the Pentecost was the culminate, culminating fulfillment of the temple, priest, altar, sacrifice, law, and ceremony. Those things are not necessary anymore. Um, we, we don't need those things. We are the temple of God. And the Spirit of God dwells within us. There is a holy of holies right inside of us. And we are privileged to worship and, and, uh, and, and serve Him uh, wherever we go and with people of diverse backgrounds from, from different parts of, of the world. God, the Holy Spirit, the empowering presence of the Missio Dei, the Holy Spirit is the divinely appointed catechist for the church. The Holy Spirit guides, He teaches, He instructs, he, he makes us into what He wants us to be. And the Holy Spirit teaches us to prepare for the return of Christ. Um, the idea of Christ's return was something that motivated the initial church in, in the first century. And they were convinced that he could come at any moment and that they, were, they needed to be about his work. There was a sense of urgency, a, a sense of, of uh, you know, we, we have to get this done. And I, and I hope and pray that you also have this sense of urgency that time is running out, that each day is bringing us closer to his return. And we, we want to be about his business when we meet him face to face. This, uh, we should reflect the Spirit's catechist in all that we do. And uh, let me say this, um, suffering is part of uh, what the Spirit prepares us for. Uh, the Spirit uh, gives us the strength to go through suffering and to be, be able to face difficulties and struggles, which I can guarantee you that you're going to face as missionaries out on the field. And... Um, and, and even, even if you are brought before a governor or, or a, a magistrate or someone, and, you know, the, the, the Spirit will give you the words to say. You know, it says that you, you, it won't even be your words, but the Spirit will, will actually speak through you, and you won't even know exactly how you were able to do what you were able to do uh, because the Spirit is, is working. The mission of the church needs to constantly be renewed and, and reconceived. Um, you know, as you look at history, um, you know, the, the formulation of the, of, the, of, the, of the doctrine of the Trinity had a tremendous impact on, on the teaching of the church. Um, in the Reformation, the, 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 the reformers were focused more on the Christology and, and the authority of Scripture as, as well as uh, ecclesiology. And, and it really has been in the last 100, 150 years that the, the idea of the Holy Spirit's ministry has become more and more prevalent, uh, just as he said in, 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 in Amos, uh, in, in Acts 2. And so we want to, uh, you to understand that God is the sender, initiator, and goal of mission, God the Father that the Son is the embodiment of the mission of God, 
and that the Holy Spirit is the empowering presence of, of, the, of that mission. And that you and I, as we are filled, but that as we, as we are in bodies of people that are also guided and directed by the Spirit, uh, we can accomplish what God can only, uh, what, 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 what God can only do through, uh, through us in the power of the Spirit. Thank you.